0: Hello and welcome to Stuck in the '90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast, chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. As always, we are your hosts. My name is Chris Alfick, and I'm Connor Thompson. Today we are bringing you a very exciting episode. I guess March 5th through 11th, 1998. Have you ever noticed that any like late night show, like if you're ever watching, they play it off. It's always like, we got a great show for you tonight, the like Colbert. Are they, are they all great? Or like, you know, eventually this was this is par for the course. This, this, this episode is as good as the episodes that preceded it. To Maybe be honest, worse. the
1: writers were really hungover this week.
0: Yeah, exactly. Where yeah. is that?
1: March 5th. NASA announces that the Clementine probe orbiting the moon has found enough water in polar craters to support a human colony and rocket fueling station. Where the fuck is our lunar colony?
0: Yeah. What the
1: shit? I just added this into the notes. I don't know if you had time to see it, but Tally and I went to go see Chris Hatfield. This was a year or two ago. And he was doing like a question and answer period. And I asked him about what he thought about the possibility of using the hydrogen trapped on the moon to act as a refueling station, and he did not seem enthused. He didn't He didn't think that was too likely. Maybe he's just not down with hydrogen. Maybe. Also, uh, NASA announces the choice of United States Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Eileen Collins as commander of a future space shuttle Columbia mission to launch an X-ray telescope, making Collins the first woman to command a
0: space shuttle mission. That only took until 1998. I don't know. What the fuck? Oof. I mean, I guess great, but like better late than never. Better late than never. Captain Janeway had already been commanding the Starship Voyager for at least five years. Get it together. (sighs) Let's move on to March 6th. The Dion Quintuplets win a $2.8 million settlement with the Ontario government as compensation for their exploitation and an apology by the Ontario government. For those who don't really know, including myself, who had at best maybe a passing knowledge of the Dion Quintuplets prior to this... I knew of them, but I didn't know much of the details. They were the first quintuplets known to survive their infancy, and at some point in the 1930s, they generated more tourist revenue in Ontario than Niagara Falls, because they were basically on public display. Yeah, we had had
1: a history unit on them in grade 6, so I I knew a fair amount about them. I don't
0: think we did, or if we did, I completely forgot it, but I generally remember that stuff. Also today, Mexican doctor arrested, accused of threatening president in letters. This was in the 90s? Yep. Uh, A Mexican doctor who allegedly sent extortion letters to U.S. residents (laughs) threatening to kill President Bill Clinton (laughs) and former President George Bush has been arrested, the FBI said Thursday. Hector Cortez of TK, Mexico, mailed letters to at least 30 people across the United States threatening to kill the president and ex-president unless he was sent $3,000 By each person. That's a weird extortion. (laughs) Three grand. If someone sent you a letter saying like, hey man, give me like some money or I'm going to kill Justin Trudeau. You wouldn't pay him. You'd be like, I'm going to forward this to, like, the police or something. March 7th. The Imperial Wizard
1: of the Ku Klux Klan is fined for burning a cross in his garden and infringing air regulations in California. That's what we find wrong with that. This is why Trump wants to get rid of the EPA. That's that's the long con. That's what Bannon's in for. I get it now. Also, vampires burn church, police say. This is out of Dallas. Four teenagers claiming to be vampires went on a drug-crazed rampage, vandalizing dozens of cars and homes, spray-painting racial slurs, and burning a church, police said. Fascinated by the occult, the teens smoked methamphetamine-laced marijuana before going on a spree through their quiet middle-class neighborhood and causing
0: $300,000 in damage. They're going to need a lot of extorting, extortion letters to presidents. They kind of had me for a bit. We were all teenagers once. Yeah, Drug-fueled rampages, pretending to be vampires. Maybe not exactly what I did, but I felt them for a bit. Then they lost me at the racial slurs. Come on, kids. Oh, you were so close. Yeah, at least keep your drug-filled rampages, you know... Kind of Family-friendly. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Anywho, let's move on to March 8th. A cellular tower is opposed in Muttontown. This is somewhere outside of New York. It's a <laughs> Nassau County thing. <laughs> it's called Muttontown. A proposal to build a cellular telephone tower in Muttontown has prompted members of a civic group to call for a moratorium on all microwave towers to study their effects and to uh, create planning and zoning guidelines. Residents say they are concerned about lowered property values, aesthetics, and environmental risks. That include a possible threat to birds in a nearby preserve. A deeper concern is that scientists do not know enough about their potential risks from the towers. This is a very 90s problem, or maybe early 2000s. Now, an affluent, like, Nassau County community, if they didn't have a cell tower, it'd be like, uh, how the hell are we going to do anything?
1: Makes you wonder if this is going to uh, quickly turn into the wind turbine debate.
0: I think that's probably what it was. Yeah.
1: March 9th, a suicide tape on TV inflames the issue in Spain. Ramon San Pedro's struggle to be allowed to end his life after an accident 29 years ago left him paralyzed from the neck down made him a focal point in the campaign to legalize assisted suicide. For years, he fought unsuccessfully in the courts to be helped to die and even wrote a book about it using his teeth to hold his pen. Now that I've read that part, I remember reading about this. Oh, yeah? This is the first I've heard about it. But the national debate stirred by his death on January 12th took an unexpected turn last week when a Spanish television station broadcast a homemade video that showed the bedridden Mr. San Pedro saying farewell into the camera and then drinking
0: cyanide-laced water through a straw. Fuck. That's serious. That is wow interesting story i don't know if i could write a book with my teeth that's some dedication right there yeah anyway uh march 10th you know what happened today two guys a girl and a pizza place open for business on abc that's nice see what i did there i did ryan reynolds he owned a pizza place good for him he's uh, with another guy and a girl (laughs) oh my god plot of the show yeah nathan fillion was in it eventually that's true uh also today 1998 winter is warmest wettest on record for u.s did i cut you off there were you about to say something Nope. All right, back to the article then. The first two months of 1998 were the warmest and wettest on record for the continental United States, according to a report Monday from the government weather watchers, who predicted the El Nino weather pattern will bring more of the same through april oh el nino do you remember how much of a big deal el nino was in 1998 oh yeah it was everywhere it was terrifying now we get like el ninos and la Niñas all the time and it's just like oh those are some words we
1: barely even have winter anymore actually today was today is so cold march 11th in canada albright sets talks on salmon dispute On the first visit to Canada in a decade by a U.S. Secretary of State, Madeleine Albright on Tuesday announced new steps to resolve one of the few bitter disputes dividing the two neighbors, a fight over lucrative fishing rights for the Pacific salmon. Speaking at a news conference after spending much of the day with Lloyd Axworthy, her Canadian counterpart, Albright said that the newly appointed Canadian and US negotiators will meet march thirtieth for the first round of negotiations aimed at finding an equitable way of dividing the salmon catch, uh, usually worth somewhere between four and seven hundred million annually.
0: That's a lot of that, money and fish. That's a lot of cheddar. Also, I want to say one thing. Like, Madeleine Albright, Lloyd Axworthy, those are some pretty solid names. Those are some sweet names. Like Those sound like secretaries of state. Yeah, those sound, or like minister of province. I don't know what the position would be. Foreign? Foreign minister, maybe? Uh, I don't know. I don't. Either top way. Top of my head, I don't remember. Those are some really, like, those Those names command respect. Yeah. Madeleine Albright, I'm doing what you say. Lloyd Axworthy, like, he's worthy of an axe and my bow. Oh, my God. Moving on
1: to movies and music. Fuck the box office this week. Instead, we are going to reimagine a 90s movie for you.
0: Oh, yeah, that's what we're doing. Should we say a little bit about what's at the box office? Okay, just a little bit. Well, Titanic, U.S. Marshals, The Wedding Singer. Great
1: movie. Fuck. More um, on that later.
0: Twilight, not not, not that, that Twilight. Twilight. Uh, Hush, Big Lebowski, Good Will Hunting, Dark City, The Borrowers. It's a good week, but- Oh, uh, this
1: list really brought the podcast together. Yeah. That said, let's, let's reimagine a 90s movie. This week, obviously, Titanic.
0: Not the Big Lebowski? Not the Big Lebowski. Ah, so we're not, we're not bringing the podcast together.
1: Oh, no. We're We're going to divide it apart. God damn it. Actually, though, that is what we're going to do. Exactly. Because this segment, Chris and I had two very different ideas of how to reimagine this movie. So for your listening pleasure, I will go first. I will give you my recreation of Titanic and then Chris will give you his. And we will, uh, never follow up about it. So, Titanic reimagined. There's a big boat. It's a disaster. But this happened in, you know, 1912. The people of 2017 don't give a shit about 1997, let alone 1912. So, let's reimagine. You know, it's a, it's a boat, but like, transatlantic? No, that's too far. We're, we're talking the mediterranean we're on a cruise now we're not traveling for for what to start a new life in a new land no one cares boring yeah that's we're true. on we're, we're, yeah. Getting
0: of, we're getting rid of people we're not taking your tired your Ex- board no we masses.
1: don't i don't give a shit about those people on the third deck no Riding we're on a goddamn yeah. cruise in the mediterranean yeah. maybe we're around italy or something maybe the captain of the boat is on cocaine, and he steers the ship aground, and it kind of topples over. It's an Italian cruise ship that topples over,
0: <laughs> and it's a James Cameron movie. Okay, um, <laughs> yeah, different direction than I would have taken it, different direction than I will take it. Uh, throw me some cast. Is, it st- are, is there still a love story on board? Uh, yeah. No,
1: it's not a love story. It's a one-night stand.
0: Okay, yeah. um, uh, The
1: The captain of the boat is Leonardo DiCaprio, but- Reprising his kind of role as a cocaine addict in Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. Well, just general drug addict. General drug addict. So yeah. like,
0: have you ever piloted a 70,000 ton boat <laughs> on the high seas? <laughs> high on cocaine? Is any of this legal? Absolutely fucking not! Yeah, that. Yeah, is McConaughey making a cameo? Are they gonna do some pet chest pounding?
1: Yeah, maybe McConaughey's like it's not a violinist who's playing while the ship goes down. He's got like Be- like beats. Yeah. But what about yeah, he's a DJ. A DJ. He's, he's spinning, McConaughey? He's a DJ. I want to see McConaughey as an
0: aging DJ.
1: Aging DJ. He's spinning beats on a cruise ship. It's actually the saddest story. <laughs> he wins an Oscar for it. All of yeah. my '90s movies reimagined will win Oscars.
0: I, I can see this. I can see. I can see <laughs> McConaughey as like. This guy who's gone through like, like in, you know in his 20s he fucking played clubs all the time yeah he was on the up and up he probably had lots of women because he's you know Matthew Matthew McConaughey McConaughey. now he's in his mid 40s he's still spinning for a living but like on a shitty cruise ship on a shitty cruise ship I mean even you know like the club scene never really took off he never got anywhere maybe he played like he had his break he fucked it up now he's on the cruise ship
1: congratulations on your Oscar Mr.
0: McConaughey shit that's good yeah uh, now let's on to yours All right. I'm I'm giving myself a minute and 45 seconds on this okay so what do we know james cameron's still directing it so titanic there's gonna be lots more cgi also titanic that is a titanic movie insurmountable amounts of things happening so it's gonna be at least three different movies movie (laughs) one they leave england they hit the iceberg movie two the boat sinking and movie 3 this is where shit gets real the boat has capsized it's gone under here's what happens some of the survivors who stayed on the boat are sinking to the bottom of the atlantic when suddenly a gamma ray burst <laughs> bombards the ship maybe maybe it won't be a gamma ray burst some kind of undersea abnormal phenomenon happens i'm already going to cut myself off from this uh from this time limit and they evolve they mutate uh, yeah into different creatures and And they have to adapt to their new life at the bottom of the ocean. Maybe they're interacting with some with some king crabs. Maybe there's some bioluminescent shit going on. And the most important part is, since we're reimagining it for now, movie one, Titanic, comes out 2017. Movie two, Titanic two, the sinking, comes out. Oh, (laughs) I don't know, eight years later. (laughs) Titanic two, the the (laughs) (laughs) sinking. Okay, so what's Titanic three called? I don't know. Underwater fucking. Shit. Underworld, and
1: then boom, under-
0: Kevin vo- Costner's there. Kevin Costner should be there. <laughs> okay, I have a question for you. All
1: are right. there like there are people of different different nationalities on the boat, right? All right. The Asian people who go under and are are mutated. Mm-hmm. Do they become crabs and lobsters? And if so, do you call them crustaceans? I don't know. Does that mean like this movie writes itself? Sorry, these movies.
0: Yeah, uh, no, I'm gonna say they they stay, you know, like, different people just evolve into different things, or mutate. Um, alright, cast of characters, though. We need Jack, we need a rose. Jack is going to be played by josh hutcherson because he's one of the only actors in their in their early to mid-20s i can think of who is gonna be kate who can i mean rose who can fill those kate winslet shoes i mean i want to say emma watson but that's my first thought too but yeah i guess emma watson why not and let's throw matthew mcconaughey in there for good measure as one should yeah he is he will be emma watson's love interest and he goes but he goes down with the shit mm-hmm and he is one of the only constants through all three movies. But, like
1: He goes down with the ship, but like aggressively tries not to.
0: Oh, yeah. He aggressively tries not to. <laughs> he like is holding on to like the bow or the stern and like the final thing as it goes down. He drags
1: women and children like, oh, down okay. with him. Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to swim.
0: Yeah. McConaughey is more of an asshole in this one. Okay. One final thing for both of us. Yeah. My heart will
1: go on. Celine, singing it? Celine Dion. Still? She's an angel. Everybody knows it. I'm going to say Lord. Celine Dion is out. Lord is also out. My Heart Will Go On is now a rap by Run the Jewels.
0: Run the Jewels.
1: All right. I'm down with that. Rapping My Heart Will Go (laughs)
0: On. Well, that's what McConaughey's spinning in my version as the ship sings. He's 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 mixing together some Killer Mike and some LP? Absolutely. All right, run the jewels, singing oh my, my heart God. will go on. This has been a disaster of a segment. It is, much like Titanic itself. Blomp um, blomp. Let's try to get things okay. back on course. So, Ooh, another boat joke with movies, I mean with music. This week in the Billboard Top 200, obviously Celine Dion and the Titanic soundtrack are, uh, are in the top two positions. So we're going to skip right down to number nine, and we're going to talk about the Wedding Singers' soundtrack okay. so that's another movie in the box office this week and something we feel like we have to talk about listen to this list of fucking excellent songs
1: you've got video kill the radio star so good do you really yeah. want to hurt me oh. every little thing she does is magic nice how nice. soon is now the smiths love my way Hold yeah. Me Now by the Thompson Twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, every day I write the book, Elvis Costello, obviously White Wedding, yeah, China yeah. Girl, Blue Mondays in there, Pass the Duchy, Rapper's Delight, Rapper's but Delight? the best song on here, Somebody Kill Me by Adam Sandler, is so fucking funny.
0: Oh, yeah. This we listened to it right, right before, before the show. Yeah, right before we recorded. Do it.
1: Go back now and listen to Somebody Kill Me. It's so fun. Adam Sandler, you guys. I don't know if you know this, a lot of you younger people listen to our show, Adam Sandler used to make people laugh. He used to make funny movies, he was a comedian, and he made people laugh.
0: Yeah. And this his, is how he did it. Through his words, through his movies, through his music, he could make us laugh, and that song is a perfect example God, that of was both funny. something from a movie and music that was actually hilarious. Yeah. Um, great stuff. Great soundtrack, great movie. And let's, that's it for movies and music, I think.
1: Yeah, let's let's slide into a quick '90s spotlight because we don't. I don't think we have a lot to say about this one, but it is topical. So yeah, I
0: think we're gonna we're gonna touch on this pretty quickly just because we spent a lot of time on Titanic.
1: Yeah, yesterday, Talia and I went to go see Logan. Highly Focu recommended. Is very good. Oh, also, we I went to, to we went to Landmark Cinemas instead of Cineplex. Where, like, where's uh, there their Landmark Cinemas? Needed? There's a Landmark in Jackson Square in Hamilton. Oh, is there? So really? the the row between seats is like three times as wide as it is in Cineplex. The seats are significantly wider. They're recliners with a footrest and they're automatic. Like there's a button you push.
0: Oh, they have that in, uh, they have that in the Cineplex in Welland. It's. Fucking fantastic! This podcast is not sponsored by Landmark Cinemas. God, I wish it was. It. I don't uh, even know if I'm, I'm going to see Logan.
1: This slides into our '90s spotlight because we would like to just spend a minute or two fondly remembering uh, the X-Men cartoon of the '90s. So the show was both critically acclaimed and commercially successful, and along with Batman: The Animated Series, uh, these two helped launch a number of comic book shows in the '90s. Like we had Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man is Spider-Man's great. Fucking unreal. Like X-Men was, I think my favorite... One. It was there's, good there's because like, it
0: had such like it had an ensemble cast, and but they,
1: they dealt with real world issues. Like they dealt with like heavy shit, like AIDS and like death and yeah, actual like,
0: religion, shit yeah, like that. religion, like people starving, pre- like it's pretty crazy. And uh I mean that is the X Men in general because the whole mutant thing is just an allegory for being different yeah. and living in a world where you're trying to be accepted for who you are. And I don't know, it's something that like resonates you with you as a kid. This wasn't my favorite Marvel cartoon in the 90s. 90s Spider-Man, for me, really tied everything together. But they had crossovers with Mm X-Men, and that was awesome.
1: I think X-Men was mine.
0: Yeah, X-Men was really good, though, because of a lot of the stuff you just said about touching on real-world issues. I love the Sentinels. They were huge. Oh, the Sentinels were so cool. They were so cool, right? Yeah. Like, Wolverine was such a badass in
1: that. Oh, here's the thing. In 2009, IGN ranked X-Men as the 13th greatest animated show of all time in their Top 100s list but it was only the third highest standing for a comic book adapted show we have to assume that both spider-man and batman were higher on that list
0: i probably because these, like, these were great yeah like three studios, solid 90s shows yeah
1: like studios could not figure it out movie wise but the cartoons were
0: nailing it. X-Men 1 was decent, but it was also at the beginning of the superhero comic thing. Yeah. 2 was all right. 3 was Uh, 3. Yeah. But these cartoons really brought it together. This, I think, was the Marvel Cinematic Universe before the Marvel Cinematic Universe because of all the crossovers. There were so many plot lines, especially even with uh, Spider-Man. They had some comic book uh, storylines in this as well, but I don't recall. And I don't think we have time to go into this. If you guys want to hear us talk about x-men or spider-man or anything more let us know because we'll do some more research which will involve probably binge watching a lot of this i'm into that and those are uh, great shows and talk about this in more detail at some point
1: let's do a little bit of 90s news now very quickly so on our facebook page i posted the new ducktales trailer it looks great
0: Oh, it looks so good! Yeah. I was so I'm very happy excited
1: to see it. for David Tennant as Scrooge McDuck.
0: I know at any time he spoke any words in that trailer, it's I just had smiling. a stupid grin on my face. It's it's good stuff.
1: Also, we still don't know if Canadians are muggles or nomads. We I'm have just not mentioning that every yeah, week. We have not mailed J.K. Rowling a letter, but we will.
0: Yeah, we're gonna work on uh, getting like a a custom that wax stamp
1: all right moving on to a new segment
0: yeah um we're gonna we're calling this this is hopefully a segment we won't visit very often because of how embarrassing it might be we're calling this things you should have learned in the 90s oh, I'm so excited. now we're all in different age groups here yeah. Uh, some of us learned to tie our shoes, learned how to ride a bike in the 90s. Maybe if you're le- a little older, you learn to drive. You did your taxes for the first time in the 90s. Maybe, maybe you got married in the 90s and you had to plan your wedding. That seems like a tough thing to learn.
1: In the middle of the 90s, 95, Chris and I were seven years old. So our childhood was the 1990s, yeah. which is really why we have this podcast.
0: And one of the things I think you learn in the 90s is how to identify common things, animals, fruits vegetables and that kind of leads us to my story (laughs) melons yeah so um a couple weeks ago now i was out for breakfast i went to cora's i got uh, i got some pancakes i got some bacon and eggs uh, and it also came with a little medley of fruit it had some pineapple maybe a couple grapes i forget exactly what was on it
1: i'm familiar with both of those things
0: yes now there was this uh, little slice this kind of crescent moon of orangey <laughs> thing and i wasn't exactly sure what it was so and i haven't told connor the full story i'm so excited so i'm i'm out for breakfast with a friend and i'm like i'm not exactly sure what this is i think she's a like, guess. and i'm like is this a mango <laughs> mangoes are so much smaller oh yeah a mango is a is a completely <laughs> different thing <laughs> um She looked at me with Oh, I love this kind of the sim a similar look that yeah. you looked at me when I told you this story. Yeah, it was incredulous. Yeah. How do you not know what a cantaloupe is? <laughs> it was a cantaloupe, by the way.
1: Here's here's where I would like to interject. So okay. Chris told me this story last week, and I was laughing much more than I am now. I think I cried a little bit. And then I looked at him and I was like, And le- let me guess, you don't know about honeydew either, right? And he looks at me blankly and he says if we were talking about something else, and you asked me what a honeydew was, I would have said, I've never tried that apple.
0: And I, fuck me, that's funny. I At least I admitted to that. I that's could have, true. I could have you, just been like, I mean, obviously yeah. it was a melon, because we were talking about melons It's the that only point. other melon aside from watermelon. I know what a watermelon is, at well, least. Hey, I, hey you one, out one out of three. Hey, I, I mean... <laughs> i have an interesting history with fruits and vegetables uh and i'm learning you know sometimes we miss out on very i don't know very easy knowledge that we should have picked up in the 1990s which is how i'm tying this into the podcast by the way we're all living and learning i have since tried both cantaloupe obviously at that time and and mango, okay, yeah, very what, different. things. What do you think of mango? It's okay. I know I'm um, not raw. I'm not like maybe mm. in stuff. It's alright. It kind of had this weird like been, yeah. I almost want to say like a spice to it, but it's not spicy. Yeah, it's got something. Yeah, like a a weird tang. Yeah, but I've had I've smelled and had things that say mango in it, and I'm like, okay, that's not yeah, bad. That bad. But mango raw, eh. Oh, this is the best. (sighs) Okay.
1: What are we on to now? Moving on to this week on. uh This week on The Simpsons, because Seinfeld was not a thing.
0: No, Seinfeld was still on, but it was just between, they were spacing out the last few episodes they had. Uh, Okay. The Simpsons, season nine, episode 17, Lisa the Simpson.
1: Thanks to the unfounded predictions of Grandpa Simpson, Lisa is convinced that she's genetically predisposed to lose her intelligence. Meanwhile, Apu discovers Jasper Beardly frozen in his freezer and turns the
0: Quickie Mart into a tourist trap. That was a great one. They put the Viking hat on him. Yeah, they put the Viking hat on him. <laughs> um, they had the can with no label. It's a pretty it's good a pretty episode. Good one. Lisa
1: like slowly degenerates into a hick.
0: Yeah, and I mean it's good because it's it's a good self discovery for Lisa, and it's sad though for for Bart and Homer when they eventually learn that they are pre- uh, genetically predisposed to being stupid. Uh, at least Lisa learns through female Simpsons that. You know she's got a future. Overall, a pretty funny episode, at least oh, yes. for season season nine. I love Jasper. He's one of my favorite Simpsons characters. That's a paddling. <laughs> that's a paddling. Paddling school you? <laughs> oh, I better believe that's a paddling.
1: That's a paddling.
0: I just love the way he like grumble talks. Mm-hmm. Okay, before we
1: move on to our sponsorship segment, there's something I have to show you. I was, oh, at, yeah. I was at my parents' house. I found this in my closet. I've always <laughs> known that I've had it. I've had it since then. I've I've opened it. I've never done anything with it. This is a product that comes from 1999. Here, close your eyes. Okay. Yeah, I am like. Connor hid this under under a jacket pretty, when he came it's in because I have no idea what this is. So this is from Star Wars Episode One. Yeah. My parents got this for <laughs> So this is from Star Wars episode 1. It is a 3D sculpture puzzle of a Jar Jar Binks. It's like a bust. It stacks 9 inches tall. It's 133 <laughs> layers. Uh, it says create a unique new art form <laughs> layer by layer. It looks like a shitty 3D
0: printed Read the back. Like, oh my Read god. The
1: Oh my god, okay. So here's here's what it says on the back of the box. Your favorite Gungan as a 3D sculpture puzzle. That's a lie. Experience a whole different dimension in puzzle making fun. Imagine a fine piece of sculpture sliced horizontally into many, many thin layers. Now imagine that Jar Jar Binks has gotten his clumsy hands on the layers and has mixed them all up. All you need to do is put them back in the right order again. Simply sort the layers according to their size and shape. Then vertically stack the layers on the decorative base to create a compelling piece of art. Sure, it sounds easy, but is it? Here's the twist. Each identically colored layer, they're all gray, has its own specific place in the puzzle. But it's up to you to discover where that place is. If you need help, don't worry. You won't have to use the force. Inside the instructions is the secret solution that reveals the correct stacking order of the layers. Now that's easy. Once you've completed your masterpiece, proudly display it for all to enjoy. Even though he's an amphibious creature, this Jar Jar can survive on the surface for years to come.
0: Wow. Someone had fun writing that.
1: Here's the thing. I told Tally that I was going to put this together and display it in her home, and she told me that if I do, I can. So I will. Yeah? She did say that. Are you going to glue it together? I might. I might paint it. Oh, that's a good idea. Wouldn't that be ugly? Oh my god. Look at how fucking
0: heinous this thing is. He's got such, like, that Jar Jar face. It's so gross. Like, he could be posed in a less funny way. Yeah, that was the box. We didn't fart.
1: But, but like... Oh my god. Here's the paper? It's like this... Yeah, it's like cardstock. Okay. It's it's weird. Wow. There's the instructions here. There's the base. Holy
0: fuck. I know, right? Uh, This thing looks... ridiculous yeah which is pretty much the reason i broke down into laughter challenging layer puzzle jar jar binks 3d sculpture puzzles i'm Holy so excited shit. yeah i'm, I'm building we're posting this a picture of this on, on the instagram
1: i also found a 300 piece puzzle in my closet like my parents my mom told me that she got these at a toy store in the states for me like this is when episode one came out like it or not jar jar was funny episode one was cool at the time, at the time when we were old, kids That's true yeah yeah when we were kids like it was just it was the coolest thing right so movie comes out she bought this puzzle. I also have a puzzle of the bronze-ish, like, poster for the Star Wars special edition. It says special edition at the top. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's like that, that, uh, episode one poster. Well, I guess episode four poster from A New Hope, um, but in bronze. It's very peculiar. So yeah, this is, uh, this is a real thing that exists in the world. I will post a picture up when we post the podcast, uh, on our Facebook page and I'll, I'll put it on Instagram too. Cause it's pretty great. This is crazy right oh man okay so moving on to our sponsorship segment contrary to popular belief this episode is not brought to you by jar jar binks or landmark cinemas or titanic or james cameron
0: or the coen brothers for uh yeah they did they did really tie the podcast together they sure
1: did this episode stuck in the 90s is brought to you by the wonder broth section of the sears catalog you know why and
0: if you don't, we'll tell you when you're older. All right. So as always, you can find us online at dot facebook.com slash podcast, Instagram, podcast. Send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. Do you want to be a $10 sponsor? We'll say more about you than we just said about that thing. We just said stuff about uh, Twitter at S-I-T-90s. we oh. got to have one little serious talk before we end the podcast. It's really cold out today. Yeah. It is very cold. Also, we've come to a decision. We're going to stop using the wheel. Yeah, fuck yeah. that wheel. We've only been using it maybe half the time anyway. Sometimes we were just rigging it, and the other times we just respawn it. Like Yeah, we we're, cheated we're, a lot. Yeah. I did
1: a lot of creative editing. The reason I say it's cold out today is that we're going to record some kind of Viking funeral for the wheel.
0: No, send it. Send it on its way. Yeah, we're um, going. To, yeah, we're, we're probably. Well, it's too. It. It's too cold for that shit. So. so maybe next week, maybe the week after, when spring has actually sprung, we will properly say goodbye to that game of life wheel, yep. who has essentially been our 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 third, our tertiary host. So next week, to the wheel. Yeah, fuck 20. that
1: wheel. Next week we are doing <laughs> March twelfth to eighteenth, nineteen ninety.
0: Yeah, we're bringing it back to the roots. I'm so
1: excited for you all to see this picture of Jar Jar. It's ridiculous. It's super weird.
0: But for now, I think we have one last thing to say, and that is the podcast is now now over. over.